2: African people use words to confuse and help us trap again. Our lineage deep within the, the challenge. Our family tree consists of people that had influenced the planet. Bro, we managed to lose. With a heritage like African American is not African But listen to me, I'ma have you black again Pumping up your fists and using picture Fiction apps again I like to give respect to hotep Considered by the world to be the first architect The high priest of the sun god Ra at Heliopolis He built the seven pyramids in Egypt and they still exist a philosopher, a recognized genius He diagnosed 200 different diseases They say Hippocrates is the father of medicine but M. Josef, lived 2,000 years ahead of him King Soundwall's rat, second ruler of Kimmich He was said to have conquered Greece by Herodotus The first ruler to believe in one God Was Hotep, the fourth later known as Akhenaten. King, we First teacher with infinite appeal, the backbone of our existence. From majestic, cool and real like Queen Candace in 322 BC. Him, Chris of Ethiopia, who militantly reigned supreme. She was recognized as a great general and if you tested her, it might have meant the end of Like Alexander the Great, uh, he told his army to wait. He peeped the style and didn't want to invade. He told his man he ain't She was the Queen of Sheba, the symbol of beauty, and then Queen of Zinga, the Amazon Queen of Matamba was.
3: And black people didn't know much about their other folks' history and culture. So I thought if I produced a magazine that focused on the histories and cultures that make up America, that maybe if we understood a little bit more about one another and realized that we have much more in common than different, then maybe that would be a part of that bridge that I spoke of earlier to help bring us a little closer together, if nothing else. To minimize the fear that we have of each other because of the unknown. And it's still my endeavor. It is still my effort. It is still my hope, dream, and aspiration. And I will admit that occasionally a little water gets doused on those aspirations, those hopes, those dreams. Sometimes I slow down a little bit. Maybe even sometimes I might even back up a little bit. But, I am here today, and I am moving forward and that's what I believe we have to do is we have to get back up and we have to keep moving forward. We have to be like those slave ancestors who didn't allow their plight of slavery to keep them from striving for more and wanting more for for their progeny that they might would never ever see or know. Well, look around because. Their progeny is now us, and we are probably as free as we're going to get. So then the question comes to us, what will we do with this freedom that those ancestors before us literally slave and gave their lives for so that we can enjoy whatever it is to whatever extent that we are today? That is the question. That is the question. Whatever we don't have is still more than they had. For those of you who have been able to go to school, I'm talking about just going to first grade, kindergarten, elementary school, maybe middle school for some, high school for others, and college for even others. You did that. But you you did that. Because of what those people who came before you struggled and sacrificed for, so when you say what is being done to you today, and there are things that are being done to you, but when you say things that are done to you today, that's one way to look at it. But you know another way to look at it is to counter a blessing, and the reason why I say "count a blessing," regardless of whatever faith you are, because you woke up unless you are incarcerated or in ill health someplace, and unless you had something physically restraining you, you were able to go get water when you felt like it, eat as much as you wanted, most. Go wherever your legs or your transportation can take you, and that your money could afford. You were able to do that today. They. Obviously, as slaves, could not. So when you talk about what is being done to you, what is holding you back, and what you cannot do, take a moment to reflect on all that you can do. And then take a moment to reflect on what those who came before you did in circumstances much worse than yours. I want you to do that because I want you to get a frame work of where you are mentally I want you to get a framework Of where you are mentally Because maybe Maybe It is not that someone Is holding you down Maybe you're you are you're letting Something And someone hold you back You are doing that And if You are doing that You know Dr. King says but a man cannot ride your back unless it's bent, Brothers and sisters, make this time for us to stand up, straighten up. That's on us. Because as long as we have that back bent, not only will they ride it, some other things may go on back there too. That'll be because we let them. Now, we can talk about, well, they put us in this situation. They put us in this boat. Well, since you're in the boat, how about row the boat? Just don't let it sink. If they threw you in the water, how about start swimming instead of just drowning? See, this is on us now. And a a part of the theme, a topic of the show today is about what's on us. And I thought about this, and I've been thinking about it because I said, you know, I don't understand why we don't have more, why we don't do more. And some people say, well, riding that's easy because there's somebody holding us back. There's somebody riding our back. I say, well, let's throw them off. Let's stand up. Let's stand tall. We don't have to let them. You know, if you ever played bunk book as a child, you know they'll keep on coming. Stand up. They can't ride you you back unless it's bent. So that's going to be a part of our theme today. Can't ride your back unless it's bent. So we had the first Democrat, Democratic presidential candidate debate right here in my city of Las Vegas. We had that. How many of you watched it? How many of you may have been leaning one way,
0: and then started
3: leaning another? Or maybe you just weren't leaning at all, but now you decided. We'd love to hear who that someone is or that someone was. If you attended the Million Man March, give us a call. Let us know what it was like. 347-826-9600. 347-826-9600. Press option one on your keypad. that let me know that you want to chat. And, of course, as many of you know, this show would not take place if it wasn't for my co host Mrs. Angela Thomas. Hey, Angela, welcome to the show.
4: Hey, what's going on, Rodney? Hey, everybody. Another great day in Las Vegas. I know I sound like the crib keeper, but really, I feel better than I sound.
3: Well, that's a good thing, cause, yeah, <laughs> there's uh there's something to be desired in that voice. Hey, that's the voice I that only you. a husband could love. But wait a minute. Oh, that's right. You've been married like 20, what, 50 years? Almost. <laughs> I'm shooting for 50 Shooting for
0: 50
3: <laughs> uh, and, and speaking of anniversaries A big shout out to a fellow gatherer Many of you know we do the gathering At 12 uh, o'clock to 2 o'clock every Friday At the Westside Bistro here in Las Vegas A big shout out to a uh, uh, history maker Mr. Steven Sales, Who attended our gathering yesterday Been married 22 years And for those of you know, who may not know The history of has made, other than the fact that he's been with one woman straight for 22 years, is that he was also and still is the first and only black athletics trainer in Major League Baseball. That's right, the first and only to this day. Still, there hasn't been enough. So, what was that Frankie Crocker said? Before me there was none, and after me there shall be no more. Well, brother Stephen is working on that after me because the brother is still the first and only one. Oh, and this brother is in shape too. He's he old he got a few more years uh older than me. And that I weigh maybe one eighty on a fat day.
0: Stephen <laughs> weighs
3: about two fifty and that brother is solid like a rock, huh? like the song, y'all. <laughs>
4: Congratulations to Stephen and his bride. That's wonderful. I have an anniversary coming up myself, and that's super cool. see other African-Americans long-term married and loving it. That's awesome.
3: Uh, And, you know, one of the things we wanted to talk about today was relationships, and I hope to get into that because the me and man march, uh, you know, to me sparked relationships because it had me thinking about what do we need to do Besides economics I know a lot of people are talking economics But I can tell you brothers and sisters And my boy Lee Vaughn is heading to uh, Black Wall Street They had it going on in 1921 In Tulsa, Oklahoma On Black Wall Street I mean they had it going on But as much as they had it going on And as much economic clout And power that they had It was taken from them In a matter of days So I'm just uh, What I'm sharing with you is that yes? It is a major ingredient, but if you don't have political power to go along with that economic power, they'll come and take that economic power from you in a New York minute. And speaking of yeah. my homeboy Mr. Levar Lee, is uh, actually on his way to uh, I believe uh, Black Wall Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, Very nice. let's check let's check in with that brother and see what he uh, what he has going on. Welcome to the show, Lee.
1: Haley. What's going on, family? Good afternoon, good afternoon. Yes, I am. I'm on uh, Interstate 44, uh, driving at the speed limit, of course, uh, using my hands-free device on my way to Tulsa as well. But yeah, um, uh, definitely, uh, I was in Oklahoma for a retirement. A good friend of mine retired 26 years in the United States Air Force. He gave uh, to our nation. And he brought that to an end just yesterday. I was too close to Black Wall Street not to go and check it out, so I am literally on the highway right now, about 40 minutes out, I'm on my way to uh, do some research, see if we can establish some connections, see what what will come about this for you and I and for everybody to uh, learn more about what happened here. I've made some local connections previous to the trip, and I was amazed that folks at my age bracket, I'm in the 40 and over club, those who are extremely close, 38 and so. I talked to them, and, you know, I was saying, you know, this has to be something that's every day for you. And they were like, no, we had no idea what happened. Like, that wasn't something that was talked about in school at all. Uh, I'm thinking that it was one of those field trips that every class would go to. And, you know, you would get tired of it by, like, the fourth grade or fifth grade every year, (laughs) and, Only to find out that no one ever, according to them, no one ever said a word about they were in school. I was like, "Wow, that's that's amazing. That's amazing to me." So, uh, again, I'll be there in about forty minutes. I'll hit the ground running, business as hard as it can, trying to establish some uh, more connections to the museum. That I plan on taking the tour of. I plan on going to the site, seeing what what, what it's all about, and I'll go from there. But to your point, Ryan, the Million Man March, now this is my second Million Man March. I went to the first one 20 years ago. That was with a friend as well that I was stationed with in Montgomery, Alabama. He and I came up. It was supposed to be an entire weekend type affair. However, there was a death that occurred. So in his office, so he and the the other person affected, they could not be off at the same time. So he was granted that one day off. We came, we drove up from Montgomery, went to sleep, woke up, to the march, and then drove right back to Montgomery after the march. Uh, there was a there was a feeling of love in the atmosphere 20 years ago that I think was only amplified this year because there were way more sisters there this year than there was previously. There was a feeling of hope. There was a feeling of a, uh, sorry, of commitment that reverbed this year just like it did then. I recall talking to a young man who was actually from Louisiana, I believe, New Orleans. Again, this was 20-something years ago, so please don't permit if, uh if I'm calling this out wrong. I do apologize. But he and his family, if I remember correctly, owned a candy store. And uh, he had a, a all kinds of samples of their candy and stuff. He took it at their snacks. He and his brother drove up from Louisiana, and uh, it was always praline. I was like, what the heck is a praline? I've never heard of anything. At the time, I had never been to New Orleans. So he and I talked, and we talked for a good while, and uh, he just kept saying how inspired he was by coming to the Million Man March. I remember an article. Just the other day, I believe, it was on CNN, uh, CNN CNN.com, in which a young man had also talked about the same. He had just been released from prison uh, a couple weeks before the march. He had decided, without a doubt, that he was going to attend the march. He did, and it totally changed his life. He's now a a president or CEO of his own company, and he's doing very well for himself, but he accredits a lot of that turnaround with the feeling, the message, the connection that he made at the Million Man March. So though I had to work this year, I could not miss it in total. I got up extremely early, way too damn early to be talking about, to be honest with you. Got out of my home, drove from Baltimore down to D.C., made it in time for prayer, partook of the prayer, left prayer, some photographs, met with some other people, Roddy, I was sharing with you earlier. One of my friends is uh, pretty high up in FOI for you all that don't know what that means. That means the fruit of Islam. They are the gentleman whom tend to stand guard at all the Nation of Islam events. Well, this friend was pretty this friend is pretty high up in those ranks. And he was fortunate enough to be extremely close to the stage this go around. So he and I spoke before and um, you know he, he told me he's like, look, brother, this is not 20 years ago. You can catch it because we're streaming it. And I said, yeah, you're right. Uh, so I caught it on the stream, and that was awesome. You know, I mean, the, the fact that it was available this year versus 20 years ago, however you could get it, was awesome. There's a lot. There's a lot of knocks about not a lot of national TV coverage on it. If most folks can recall, for the most part, seeing, uh, I'm sorry, C-SPAN and TV1 were the only people who really gave great coverage to include live coverage of it. Everyone else pretty much ignored it, which I think is a travesty because at any other turn, when there's misfortune going on in a community, any community, the, uh, the news is always there to report it. It's just sad that when there's some great fortune going on, the media was not there and full support to show that other side of the equation and the point. But everybody does what they got to do, and for whatever reason they have, that's what they chose to do or felt like they had to do. I take the from it were much the same as the last go-around, but it's different this go-around because you and I have this, we all have this format. The magazine, the talk shows the the brand that we built for ourselves and a the a brand that we built for the speak up network as a whole, so this go around it was it was another kick in the butt to go to for me to continue to go headstrong strong and hard by making sure that we are on point we are doing the best we can do to help as many people as we can help in order to better themselves. And along the way, hopefully we'll we'll better ourselves as well. You know, there was a constant mention of service yesterday, service before itself. That's one of the great military values that I feel as though I've always possessed. It wasn't one that I picked up while I was in the Air Force. It was really something that I've always possessed. The Air Force just helped polish it, and ever since then, I've just continued to protect it, if you will. Now, Rodney, I remember you saying to me that how wonderful it would be if you could do something for the West, I could do something for the East, and we could meet up in the middle. Well, this is our thing, and I know that you are dedicated. I know that Sister Ansel dedicated. I know Brother Terry is dedicated, and I'm definitely dedicated to making the best of this opportunity that we can live with the Valley
3: Well, Brother Lee, you said uh, a mouthful in all of that, and, you know, this is, anytime things like this happen, it gives us a chance to reflect, and then as I titled the show, Reflections of the Million Man March, and also projections, because it's where do we go from here? Because the Million Man March was last last week. <laughs> so then it comes down to those who attended, and, and to others, it's, what, what do we do from here? Maybe it gives us a chance to reflect on what our needs are And then once we have ascertained what our needs are Then we can devise mechanisms to bring that to fruition So, and we have many needs Let's, let uh, you know, throw it out there Put it all on the table, so to speak Is that we are in, some people might even categorize it As dire or desperate straits here we, and I'm, what I'm talking about is this we, I'm talking about black people. I'm talking about African American people. And for those of you who may say, well, there's other people who are in bad shape. And that's true. But I'm talking about black people. And even though the million man marks, the million man marks, hey, he's talking about black people. Now, other people can be a part of it, and they can be inspired by it too. But this is brought about because of the plight of black people. And as black people, it's time for us to talk as black people about black people's needs and ways to bring things to fruition to satisfy those needs. Now, I know some people will say, yeah, but Rodney, you know, if you want to do something, you have to have this group helping you. You have to have that group helping you. Maybe so. But all too often, that becomes dilution. And instead of it being our issue that is the primary focus, it becomes everyone else's issue plus us. Well, if it becomes everyone else, then that means that you cannot focus on any one of those things, obviously. So we, we no longer become the focus of ourselves. So if other people want to help us, we would love your help, and we've been helped ever since we've been into this country. Contrary to popular belief. But this is about black people and what we're going to do. And and if others would like to be a part of it, they can help. But they will help us accomplish what we need. What we need. So for those who say, Well, Rising, what about the brown? Because often when we say something about black, it becomes, well, black and brown. And I say, yes, they have need. And Those needs need to be taken care of But we have needs And our needs need to be taken care of And we need to take care of them And in the process If it benefits others Then that's great The history of black people in America Is just about everything that's benefited us Has also benefited everyone else But what has benefited Other people Has not always benefited Us So I'm talking about us Us being black people today The Million Man March What did it do for black people How did it improve us How can it improve us What can we do to utilize it as a tool To improve us That's what I'm talking about I was talking to a political operative I'll leave that as their title No name And This person laid down something heavy on me And this person says Look If black people don't do something and do it soon, there'll be no opportunity or there will be little opportunity in the future for them to do anything with even less of a hope, not a chance, but less of a hope that they'll be able to accomplish anything. And that was a powerful statement. I was also talking to a young man who does demographic projections, and he says, Rodney, black people aren't producing enough children. He said that because we're not producing enough children and we have no immigrants, in other words, we don't have a country that's going to bring in new African Americans, new black people. You know, we don't have, you know, Latinos. (laughs) You know what, Rodney, you said
4: it right. We don't have another place to get African-Americans. And, you know, I was in a conversation, and I hate to interrupt your thought right here, but, you know, when are we going to get to being cool with being African-American? We just need to to say that. We are African-Americans. We are descendants from Africa, but we live in America. If all of us were picked up tomorrow and... And all sent as a group to Africa, we will be in foreign on a on foreign soil. This is our home. It's okay to say that.
3: Hey, I, I second that emotion. As a matter of fact, I don't know why. And Lee, maybe you can you can chime in on this. Did the minister or any of the other speakers did they talk about the fact that we are Africans living in America, which make us African Americans and? Well, did he approach that at all?
1: Not that I recall. Not that I recall at
3: all. You know, Andrew, I'm glad you mentioned that because it is important. Is that we recognize all of who we are. Yeah, you know it is. And, it is. And our ancestry, our lineage, and our history. But we are. And ours is. And ours is. As, as as part of the
4: uh, black population Black global populations Ours is a very unique Experience We have a lot to celebrate A lot that we've overcome And a lot to offer And we we should embrace that A little bit more than we do Embracing all, our, all of our other things Is wonderful too But I think sometimes we You know, neglect the fact That this is home And nobody's planning to leave That I know of
1: but how do, you, but how do we, how do we actually be able, how do we actually get the ability to celebrate stuff like that? But Rodney, you mentioned this. I know you, I know you made, posted it on Facebook. There are school districts out here that are changing the language in the textbooks to say that the middle, the African middle class slave trade for in immigrant workers. They weren't immigrant workers, they were slaves. <laughs> now, let's let's be honest and let's be real. Our our history does not so begin nor end with slavery and we need to stop beginning and ending it there. It begins with that here in America but not throughout the world.
0: Absolutely. However,
1: even even in that context, if you're not able to deal with the fact that you stole the people in order to work for free for you to benefit off the back, sweat, tears, blood, uh, raping, killing of, and in order for you to live in lives of luxury, and then you then turn those people loose and say, well, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Hell, you didn't pull yourself up by the bootstraps. You pulled yourself up, up off of the lashes that are on my back. I did all the hard yeah. work for you. You can start around sipping on sweet tea. One of the reasons I don't like
0: it.
1: (laughs) 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 You sipping around, sipping on sweet tea. (laughs) handing yourself. Like, you ain't done something. I'm out here slaving, literally and figuratively, in these daggone fields picking this cotton, tobacco, or whatever else you done planted. I'm sorry. You had me planting in the ground. Because, again, you didn't do a thing. I'm out here tilling these daggone fields. But
0: right.
1: yeah. maybe I, I missed something in the whole scope of that. Sometimes no, things. Sometimes
3: I I don't know. No, Lee, you just miss a thing, and that is actually true. But I, I do believe this thing, and I, and I saw what happened in Texas, and I see that happen in other places. But at the beginning of the show, I I, I repeated the quote by Dr. King. He said, "A, a man can't rise your back unless it's bent." But these things don't happen necessarily in a vacuum. As a matter of fact, they have been talking about it quite some time in Texas. Uh, before Texas, a couple of years ago, Arizona had a similar uh, measure. And these things happen oftentimes to us because of our lack of involvement. And we talk about the political system as if it impacts everyone else but us.
4: But us. Uh... No,
3: but us. The political system impacts us and lands on us when we are not actively engaged with it. And when I I say actively engaged with it, I don't mean just voting for the same people all the time. I mean actually putting forth what our agendas and objectives are. And I will ask you, Lee, because you're back on the East Coast, and, you know, I, I think a lot of the East Coast, but... Do we have a a specific agenda on the East Coast or to be more specific to where you are in Baltimore where we're actually engaging and bringing these things to to fruition and spreading the word in our community to build support for it?
1: One of the things that I've noticed that's different from being on the East Coast, um, the, the Deep South and the West Coast, is the the, the well, that's what well the Midwest tends to be a little different so I'll leave that out of out of the picture but the um what what I've found is the consciousness of the people is different so when you say we need to support black businesses I I don't see an issue with that I see the majority of the folks at the black businesses that we have are black folks and those businesses. A moment, they really do. I I, I do not recall um, many black businesses closing. Now there was one in Baltimore City, and the name of it was uh, well, the name of it is, because it's still it's still saying it, Bruce uh, Lake Trout House. Now the, I'm I'm under the impression that the owner is either retired or passed away, and I'm not sure exactly which happened. But something happened where it changed ownership. And because of that, unfortunately, uh, the children were left to do whatever they wanted to do with it. And, again, they didn't take care of it. They decided to uh, use it as a cash cow versus respecting it. And people have not patronized it like it used to be to the point of it actually closed. You know what I'm saying? Now, this for me, was amazing because I remember in my youth, um, again, one of the first memories I have in Baltimore was going to this place, and I remember how packed it used to be. I mean, this was like Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles in California. People would be out the outside and around the corner waiting in line patiently just to get some daggone fish. That's how good that place used to be. Uh, Again, I don't know if it was just used as—I don't know if the original owner is passed away, or the um, or it was uh, they retired and the children just decided to use it as a cash cow versus respecting it. So that this is this, but no matter what, this is what we have, and and that is a that's a sad situation to be honest with you because it was really great and it was a place. Where you would you would run into people that you may have lost contact with, but nine times out of ten on a Friday, they they're going to be there. You know what I'm saying? They're definitely going to be there. So
0: it, it, it was
1: it's it, it's sad, man. It's just, I, I don't know, I, but that, that's the difference that I found. I, I I found I've seen places, I've seen places down south where it just wasn't like that. Um, The the consciousness wasn't there. The support for a lot of things just isn't there, and the community suffers as a whole because of that. But I haven't seen that as much back east. I I just haven't. I haven't. I I don't see that as an issue to be honest.
3: Well, we have about. Twenty black banks in this country, with most of them back east, but collectively, none of them are worth any of the larger white institutions, and to be quite frank, most of those banks are under-patronized by black people, and they're on life support. And I I kept thinking that every time I hear about one of them closing, that it's another potential door for commerce, for home loans, and other things that are closing to it, because historically, black banks have invested more in black people and in black communities. So I thought, well, that's a structural issue, because that's something that we need, so we have to support it. I thought about the Million Man March, and I thought, wow, wouldn't it be nice if there was a black airline that we could all get on and increase its revenue, which means they can expand and hire more, right? And then they could invest more into the black community. I said there's a lot of things that we can do, but we're in a situation where it's not what we add on so much to what we do, but it's a lot of reinforcing the foundation that we used to have. Mm -hmm. and determining what things do we need that we need to establish. Because if we don't establish it, that means that we're always enriching someone else. So there are some things that we need to do. And when I heard about the Million Man March, and I was was wanting to watch it through its entirety, I wanted to know, and Lee, you, you helped me out, brother, did the minister or did the other folks out there Give us some marching orders. Give us some direction and guidance. What was the Northwest on
0: South Boston Avenue, 23rd Street.
1: Yes, I mean, again, I wasn't able to attend the whole thing this year. But the the same thing that happened the last go-around happened this go-around. I'm, I'm pretty sure of it from what I saw the speech it was, which is, as you and I have talked about, as you talked about on your show, as I've talked about on my show, you know, we need to support one another, and help one another. And that means investing in our own education, uh, be it uh, getting charter schools or um, uh, HBCUs, uh, investing in our future, insurance, savings, putting money away for our our children and and their children and ourselves, taking care of ourselves, whole health, Eating right, exercise. As you're doing good, uh, man. I saw the pictures, But You like you about 22 years old. You're looking good <laughs> you looking cut again? you? You showing off? I'll pay you later, call.
3: brother. Checks in the mail.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I got, you. I got you. You know what I'm saying? Just remember, you you spelled my last name with two A's. <laughs> but uh, you, um, I'm serious, man. You 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 have to do these things. You you have. It's a holistic approach. It's a holistic approach And you know, uh, inclu- Including the spiritual aspect of it You know what I'm saying Whatever you believe Whatever you believe If that's what you believe Then be about it Don't just speak it on uh, One day of the week You know Truly be about it Show love to your brother Show love to your sister If you see him or her down Help them out Give him a hand You know If they hungry Give him some food Give him some bread Give him something what is it going to hurt what is it going to hurt what is it going to hurt and and, and uh it's, I, that that that's i'm sorry i'm I'm starting to get emotional and, and uh uh i, I, I i'll go another way so i'll I'll just stop talking, <laughs>
0: stop talking at this
3: point. oh well you know angela you told me that uh you had some folks who experienced the million man march the first one I don't know if you If any of those folks who went to the first one Went to this one And if if so I don't know if you've had any feedback from them I know you watched it What message, what thing Did you get out of it this time?
4: Uh, A the minister uh, Came this time uh, With more Candor He was very candid His message Mm -hmm. was very candid And and, uh, a lot of uh a lot of it was personal uh when he uh, one thing that stood out to me was his uh discussion about the, uh, abortion in our community and he used his own personal story of his mom trying to abort him three times before uh, she she gave it to God and said you know this is this is your will uh, i will be having this baby and um for me uh that really it touched me in a lot of ways uh i'm i was just very interested in you know kind of why he would choose to uh be so personal my 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 opinion about him telling that very personal story about his his life uh was that he wanted us to understand the urgency of now to put it mm-hmm. into con you know to to put it into context to take you know let me take myself off this pedestal a little bit and and let me uh convey to you how important life is how how you know when he was saying in that part of the message you could be flushing away the cure to cancer and all all that plagues society right right now. You could be fl- simply flushing it away over a circumstance. You don't you you're uncomfortable with your circumstance right now, but a circumstance can change. I, I thought it was a powerful uh, moment in his message.
1: Uh, I also thought you know, it was yeah.
4: powerful. I also thought it was oh you know, go ahead, Rodney, you wanna say something on that.
1: Well yeah, before I, we go I, I gotta there. break it for one second. I gotta break go it ahead, I need to run, but uh, I I need to run but I'm glad I could join you all.
3: Well
2: thank
1: you. Was wonderful here. The, and you know, we want to hear about
3: your trip to uh Black Wall Street too, maybe next year or somewhere down the down the road. So you can give us okay, static so. period. Post some pictures on here,
4: Facebook. I right, know.
3: All,
4: All right, right. bye about-
3: Be safe. Wow. Now, see, that's going to be a whole show by itself. Brother sure. Tulsa, Oklahoma, for those of you who may not be aware of it, that is the home of Black Wall Street. Uh, you hear a lot of different organizations that use the moniker now, but how many people have actually been there, have seen, seen the Warriors, have walked down Green uh, Archer and, and Pine, Greenwood Archer and Pine? How many folks have done that? So, Brother Lee's out there from Rant excuse me, from Real Radio that comes on every Saturday morning at 11 o'clock East Coast time, 8 o'clock East Coast time, Brother Levon on with Real Radio. And speaking of Real Radio, uh, let me give a quick station ID. You're listening to Our Own Voices Live. I am your co-host, Rodney Smith, with Mrs.
4: Angela Thomas.
3: And we bring you Our Own Voices Live every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. out on the West Coast. And that is.
4: 330 out east.
3: And thank you so much for joining us today. Our topic has been the 20th anniversary of the Million Man March, uh, reflection and projection. And hopefully, we'll get into the uh, first Democratic presidential debate that happened right here in Las Vegas. And the the strip was, was packed. I mean, you'd have thought there was a, a show or something in town that was new. Uh, the people it were was. there, especially the Bernie <laughs> Sanders people. So we'll we'll get into that in a little bit. But I, I did want to stay on the this thing with the Million Man March, as, as Brother Lee was breaking it down for us, sharing his experience of being there at the first one, as well as being here at this 20th anniversary event. Uh, Brother got a little emotional talking about it, and Angela, you you were sharing some things, and this is an emotional. Activity, some people just sent me some messages on Facebook, and they said it was almost spiritual to them, spiritual, not in what we think of in a religious fashion, but just it touched them somehow um three four seven eight two six nine six zero zero three four seven eight two six ninety six hundred for those of you who may have attended or may have seen it uh on t v uh would love to hear what you had just. Uh, what's how how did it make you feel and I see you call us I'll get to you in just a second
0: uh,
4: I, thought Angela... the, I thought the the um, one other uh moment that i'd I'd like to talk about is the fact that he talked about uh, the the how did he put this um are some of our roles in in the in the um criminal justice aspect. He talked about it from several angles. He talked about from the prosecutorial prosecutorial aspect of, you know, pitting people against one another, setting them setting them up to bear false witness against one another. Uh he talked about um how we ought to, you know, just tell the truth, shame the devil, you know. And maybe it's not worth the lightest sentence to, you know, to you to burden someone else's life with a a falsehood. So, you know, it was just an interesting message he gave. If you have an opportunity, while we're on air, I will go to C-SPAN and uh, grab The Million Man March And put it on our On our Facebook page If you didn't have An opportunity To view any of it On uh, I I saw it On C-SPAN So I I do know You know C-SPAN Archive And leave it available For your viewing Pleasure later So I will do my best To grab it And put it on our Facebook page So I thought that it was, you know, really powerful that and it's just always emotional and powerful to, for me to see brothers come together. I loved seeing the women, my sisters out there. It was beautiful. Um, just, you know, reminiscing on my young brother going to the first one, 18, 19 years old. Uh, he was not able to attend uh, this last one, but you know it changed him, and it it he was never a bad kid in the first place or a troubled uh young brother, but it definitely put a fire in him, you know just and and that has sustained him. He has since graduated with his master's degree, he's owned several businesses he is a great father and a wonderful husband. And I think what that moment poured into him contributed greatly to, to his development. So I, you know, I hope that uh, one of the charges he, he uh, Minister Farrakhan uh, encouraged the crowd to do was to continue to gather in your own communities, and at those gatherings. You know, do something, clean up the neighborhood. That was a powerful message for me. You know, you ride through the hood and and does it have to look run down? Does it does the vacant lot have to be filled with trash and you know, things of that nature? We that's something we don't need government for. We can. You know, I do you remember the block parties, Rodney? Did you guys do that in New York? In Chicago? we, Come had, on, we definitely Yeah, we definitely had block parties. And we definitely Clean the clean the neighborhood up, um, and we maintain. You know, but those homeowners back then, my grandmother and them, I'm, I'm getting real West Side on you right now. My grandmother and them, they were homeowners that believed in washing that porch down, and cleaning the front doors, and brushing up around the hedges, and weeding the weeding the, the plants, and keeping your tree pruned, and they believed in that stuff. Uh, when the leaves fell, they, they picked them up. Uh, if I'm cutting my grass, I'm cutting Miss Holmes' grass also. You know, Mr. Holmes would get out there before me. He would do the same. So, you know, we need to bring some of those old school things back. though so seeing your neighbor out there on Saturday morning before Soul Train, uh, we did a lot of community things. Like you know, like what I I just mentioned. So, he, I I love that he brought that back up because you don't see that as much in our neighborhoods anymore.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. We're gonna we're gonna come back to that, and we're gonna come back to uh, the his his comment of, comments about abortion. Uh, but before we do that, we do have a caller on online, and uh, he's been. Waiting patiently, so we're going to bring him in on Appreciate This that. is Brother Hammy Hamilton from the LV uh, He has hey. a Facebook page, uh, Groovy People And he has a relationship page And he has a prayer page And the brother just has pages it's so always will him on, let us share
4: some Hey Hammy, welcome to the show Thank you for calling
2: Good afternoon. I first give honor to God. Uh, Amen. Christ for life, healthy for life. Uh, I have several groups. But what I want to touch upon is the Million Man March. I hear a lot of people that have brought up Farrakhan, what he had to say. Great message, and it's good to hear what Farrakhan said. I also want to know who were some of the other pertinent speakers there What did they have to say? Because I know it wasn't just Farrakhan speaking. I'm sure there were other uh, big name or or individuals that put uh, something of significance out to the ears and the hearts of the people. And then I would also, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up what the power of prayer can do in our lives. The power of prayer, it just showed it was just showed to everyone in America with what happened to our brother Lamar Oldham. Lamar Oldham is alive because God heard the prayers of the people. And God said, it's not over for you, young man. I'm going to bring you back. And hopefully Lamar heard him and, and, and will be a positive influence on his way to recovery and rehab. And that's all I have to say today. God bless uh, Rodney, Angela, first time talking to you. It, it, I'm a native Las Vegas also. It's a pleasure to, to be a part of you guys' show, and I'll be listening to your comments.
3: All right. Thank you so much, Hammy, for joining, and I appreciate the invites to your multiple pages, and keep on doing the good work out there. I know it takes a lot of time and effort to keep pages up and, and running.
2: And, and, and like... Uh, uh old cousin who, who was one of the first black men to record a song in Las Vegas, he, he, his song went, you know, time, 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 ain't going to do me no favor. So I got a lot of time. That's what I'm trying to say. That's why. <laughs> Facebook, well, right on, it's, brother. It, 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 it's, it's not a job. It, it's fun for me, and I, I just like to 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 say that. I, I'm on it to share love with everyone and to bring people together and to 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 make it a significant part of their lives.
3: Well, you're doing just that because I notice there's growth out there. And not and growth is healthy. That means you know more people have found something in it to benefit them or to make their day a little bit better. So keep on doing the good work. Again, thanks for calling in and, and also sharing the word of my show on your various pages. Most definitely. You guys enjoy your day. All right. Take care. Well, Angela, Hammy, you know, the the one that basically the question is, is who else was there besides the minister? The minister actually, you know, came on later, and there were quite a few people on before the minister. The one that stands out uh, to me was Marion Barry's wife, the former mayor of, of D.C., Marion Barry's wife and son. Who opened, helped open up the occasion. Uh, Absolutely, and they
4: talked a lot. Yeah, they talked a lot about how uh, instrumental Marion Berry was to planning, helping uh, Minister Farrakhan and the Nation uh, put together the first one, and just basically opened up DC to to that effort, and and pulled all the you know pulled all the resources together to get the first Million Man march uh, put together, it was really beautiful, wonderful uh, to see him carrying uh, on the
3: work. Henry was talking about <clears throat> the power of of prayer, and I, when I th- think about Mary and Barry, I think about the power of redemption, because the mm-hmm. brother was rising high and did a whole bunch of things, and then, as they would say in church, and then he fell real low, and, yeah. But then he made, but then he made a comeback.
4: But he came I mean, back.
3: How many people do you know who have a title Mayor for Life? Uh, so he, he made a comeback. There was redemption in in that. And so you had the mother and son that talked about the legacy of Mary and Barry, his connection to the Million Man March. Uh, one of the other notables that stood out for me was uh, Pastor, Reverend Jamal Bryant, uh, mm-hmm. a Christian who, uh, and, and the reason why I wanted to point that out, is because oftentimes we think of Minister Farrakhan, you know, obviously we think of the NOI, the nation, right? And, right. yes, that is what he represents. That is who he is. But in this event, it was open. We had Native Americans that were there, and they were spoken of. Uh, and they spoke, again. Not,
4: not just spoken of, but they were spoke. Their message was a little interrupted. And I love that uh, the minister came back. And, you know, really tried to apologize for that and and talked a lot more about our our Native brothers and sisters that were there alongside us last weekend. Uh, It was beautiful.
0: Hello? Yes. Yeah,
2: uh, can you guys uh, talk about About what God did with Lamar Odom's life I mean this is This is a miracle
3: Well I mean it is And and I was trying to relay that You know the spirituality Isn't just limited To One thing But it transitions into so many Other things Uh, Brother you know yes we do know That uh, Lamar who many of you may not know is a a basketball player who's had some troubles, Uh, married to Khloe Kardashian and, according to uh, news reports, still married to her. And uh, once he was uh, medically back to, uh, I I believe, the Sunrise Hospital here in Las Vegas, from one of the so-called bunny ranches outside of city limits, uh, was not responsive supposedly with uh, blood exiting his orifices, as well as a white substance, and uh, reportedly spent $75,000 for a weekend at the ranch. Uh, I remember listening to the 911 calls. They said it didn't look good. And I remember as I was thinking about the Million Man March, I was thinking about this incident that was happening, and it actually made me think of something that you had said, Angela, about how you knew someone who I believe you said had been incarcerated and had had gotten out, and how this had impacted their life and i thought of I thought of Lamar, and I was wondering how could this experience had he been paying attention to it, have set him on a different path on instead of the one of unconsciousness and irresponsiveness what he might have done. You know, the brother is not poor uh, with an estimated net worth of about 55 to $65 million. Now, money don't always save your life, nor will it save your soul. As a matter of fact, it may help lead your soul in a different direction for those who believe.
0: But in the fact,
3: that there is a lot of potential locked in to that brother. And maybe now that he's, you know, he's conscious, When some people said that he would have brain damage, and we don't know the extent of his illness, but he is conscious. When we think about many of our brothers and sisters that are in jail, how would it have impacted their lives had they experienced the Million Man March the first time, or stories of the Million Man March, or progress from the Million Man March? Now, I don't believe that it's a march, per se, that necessarily changes people because you have to be ready for the change. Well, you have to take advantage of change when it knocks on your door. You have to open it, right? Well, Brother Lamar, he's gotten a second chance. Everybody don't get a second chance. And it's now not necessarily in God's hands because it's always in his hand, right? But with his second chance, it's what will Lamar do with that? He has wealth. He has fame. He has famous wife. Uh, supposedly she was distraught. I'm not a big fan of the Kardashians, but they are life and they are husband and wife. Maybe this would be a time for reconciliation with them, whatever course that takes. And maybe while Brother Lamar is there, they'll share the Million Man March with him. And maybe some of those people who talk like Reverend Jamal Bryant and others will say something that can be a spark because we all need a spark at some point. And sometimes when you're at your lowest and being irresponsive, found in a brothel, unconscious with blood exiting your orifices and having to be put on a ventilator, there is not much lower than you can get other than six feet under. And the brother tasted that. Hopefully that taste will have been distasteful, and he'll have a yearning for something much better.
0: So, Harry, thank I, you
3: for. Go ahead, brother.
2: I too, as you are well aware of, had a similar experience less than three weeks ago. I yes, sir? from exhaustion. I from exhaustion, I passed out. Uh, they said it was a cardiac arrest, and I woke up lying on my garage floor. And I went to the hospital, and they checked. I did every test that was available. And they came back to me, and they said, we don't see anything wrong with you. And you're, you're a clean bill of health. We don't understand why. Well, I know why. The reason why I went through my personal dilemma is because I believe, and it is my testimony, I believe that God, wanted me to listen to him and to change the direction of where I was going. And it's not about my direction anymore. It's about what he wants me to do with my life, which should be with his life because he gave me the life. And I am thankful for what he did by giving me life. And so for me being thankful for what he did to me, my thank my giving back and, and, and doing his will and seeking him and sharing his good news, that is my way of showing him the love that he shows me. And I hope, like you said, I hope that Lamar has the same the same um, thought process that I have because there's not a day that will go by that I won't talk about the Lord to someone. And that that is not how I was. Before I had my dilemma God reached down and said You got to stop living for yourself And you got to live for me And I am thankful I am blessed and highly favored That I went through my dilemma So that I can do his will And I hope that Lamar has the same thing
3: Well right on brother Thank you for sharing your testimony with us
2: God bless you guys Enjoy enjoy your show And uh, you guys have a wonderful weekend
3: Alright take care brother Wow right on. So this brother had A somewhat of an epiphany I wonder what type of, of an epiphany Will other brothers and sisters have After attending this million man march How will it touch them What will it lead them to What will they do different Or do more of that was good for them and that will be good for us as a people. I started this out by saying, you no, know, I'm I'm not focusing on what's good for the immigration movement right now. I'm not talking about women's issues specifically right now. I am not talking about L G B T Q Q P I concerns right now. I'm talking about black people And things that are impacting us What do we need Now this is not to say Because you always have to do disclaimers This is not to say that those other things are not important They are important But what I'm saying to you All of you who are listening Is that what we have to deal with Is also important to us And it is our issues And we should be able to talk to it Exclusively Like other people talk about theirs As a matter of fact, I shouldn't even have to make that last comment, but that's what you have to do today. 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600, press option one if you would like to chat and join us. Our topic today is reflections and projections from the Million Man March. And also, we just had the first Democratic presidential debate here in Las Vegas with Hillary Clinton. Bernie Sanders, getting the most attention. Uh, many saying that Hillary Clinton won, but the polls and the money says that Bernie Sanders won. Go figure. Well, what the, what does this debate mean to black people, though? I mean, we just had the Million Man March, and then there's this political debate with a bunch of Democrats and a bunch of and white Democrats. Did you see yourself up there? What, what do you make of the fact, that the Democratic Party has not fielded a black presidential candidate this year. What do you make of the,
0: the
3: the fact that right after the Million Man March, this is coincidence, of course. But what do you make of it that right here in Las Vegas, there's very few black candidates that are being put forth by the Democratic Party? Well, what what are your thoughts on that? And I know many people say they're not involved in politics, but politics is involved in you in your life on a daily basis. So just because you're walking around with your head buried in the sand, pulling around the earth, that don't mean other people are, because the decisions that those other people are making for their causes are impacting you. So three four seven eight two six nine six. 826 Zero zero three four seven eight two six ninety six hundred. Would love to know your thoughts on both. Uh, Angela, you mentioned something that the minister spoke about about abortion. I said I was going to come back to it because you know abortion tends to be the third rail, because we're not, especially men are not supposed to talk about it. But the minister obviously is a man, and he spoke about it, and he spoke about it in terms of a reality. And a reality is that we are killing a lot of our potential before it ever comes before it ever comes into this world. How does that impact us in whatever way? How does it impact us in dealing with this society? How does it impact our psyche? How does it impact our value of life and how other people see us valuing life? And for those people who say, I don't care what other people think, let me tell you why I care. I care because the way that they think often has something to do with the way that they act, and we should all be cognizant of that. And then we have to think about how does this impact us as a society? Remember, like Brother Lee was saying, we don't have another country To bring more African Americans In here We're not like Asians or Hispanic Or any other group We This is who we are We are an artificially made Group of people in America We are all that we have And what what more we will have Is what we will make Whether that's income or children Numbers For those of you who may not be aware of it, we are not the biggest minority group in this country any longer. It is Latino-Hispanic. I'm told that now we just call them Latinos, so they don't like Hispanic. And then on the the fastest-growing group in this country is no longer that group, but Asian-American and Asian. And by 2050, there's projections that they will eclipse Latinos. And since there's more Latinos than there is black people, that means that they will have already eclipsed black people at some point sooner. So instead of being the first minority, the second minority will be relegated to third minority status. How will that impact us? And if they're still having children and importing more of their own from their continent, their country and we have no such continent of country to do the same, how will that impact us with simply people power? Have we considered that? So when the minister talked about abortion, I don't think we've actually talked about it enough to see what does that mean to us. Now, I got someone in the chat room. I asked a question about who attended the Million Man March. And the brother says, no, he didn't attend it. And he said it was a complete waste of time. (laughs) And he said, we need our own nation since we are such a unique people. So the waste of time part, I, I hope, and brother, I know you're listening, break that down to us on why it was a waste of time. Because I, I, I want to understand your mindset on it Even though I didn't attend I don't necessarily think it was a waste of time Because it touched somebody That may not have been touched before It may have inspired somebody Like it did with Angela's uh, relatives and associates That may not have been touched before So, waste of time Carpally okay, Young to-
4: Brothers you know, with my with my younger brother attending, it was him and and four other friends, all college graduates, all family guys. You know, I I think to say it was you know a waste. I I would never say it was a waste of time. I I think any time black men come together is powerful and necessary and beautiful.
3: Well, I I think it's a good thing. I mean, I don't I don't have anything negative to say about it because there are some people who need that. If nothing else, it's a show of unity, which is very self-esteem in our community. Or well, at least that's what we're told, anyway. Um, maybe we should do more more of it. I remember, I believe it was Suzanne Malvo, I believe, who said that black people need to gather more often and discuss. Maybe plot and plan
0: <laughs> on
3: what our next moves are. You may meet someone that you had not met before. So a waste of time. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. You listen to Our Own Voices Live, 347-826-9600. 6, 6, 0, 0. Share that opinion with us and then expand on those opinions that you share. Our Own Voices Live comes to you every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast.
4: That's 3.30 out east, y'all. Check us out.
3: And today we're talking about the uh, reflection and projection of the million-man march entitled Justice for Elf. And we're also talking a little bit about the first 2016 Democratic presidential debate. Uh, We're going to hit the, uh, in a couple more minutes, on the Million Man March, and one of the reasons for doing this is because, as Brother Lee mentioned at the beginning, other than C-SPAN, I think uh, TV, TV One network, uh, TV One, and I believe there was one other that I'm aware of. That was the extent of the of broadcast coverage. And when I when I heard some people saying that, you know, lamented on that, I said, well, this is a, an opportunity of reflection, so how about we create our own and for the stuff that we have already, support it. In other words, watch TV once. That's supporting it. Mm-hmm. And then that builds it up so that they can expand or makes way so that they can be another one. So this is what we put into it. So I'm not mad or upset that white media, popular media, did not cover it because that should tell us and give us a greater sense of urgency to support media that is owned by black people. That way we can cover events much better than we can with the one- and two-man operation that many of our businesses have. I right, I'm going through the uh some of the text messages uh that we have. And I'd asked the question, did anyone attend the Million Man March? Uh one of the responses I got was no. He said that it was a waste of time, asked the brother to elaborate a little bit, and here's what he said. Why wasn't there a big gathering for each of the horrible murders? Examples Trayvon Martin Eric Garner uh, Actually there were some pretty big Gatherings all over this nation uh, For Each of those,
1: uh, he those said were, the march, and Not only
4: were there big gatherings But all of those parents Who are now act, Activists and advocates uh, Were all at the march Last week uh, Trayvon's mother was there uh, Mike Brown's mom was there Dad was there uh, Sandra Bland's parents I mean her mother And her sister spoke Well her sister spoke Her mom was there on the on the stage But she did not speak But her sister spoke And one of the best interviews That I've that I seen uh, Brother Roland Martin do Was uh, with all, of, he had he had all of the mothers, all of well, all of the families because Sandra Bland's mother was not uh, uh, speaking. She she allowed uh, Sandra Bland's oldest sisters to speak for the family. Um, it was just a great interview, um, but they were all there.
3: And and this is still going back to. Uh, Brother Henry Hamilton from the LV Wanted to know who else was was a speaker Mm -hmm. There's uh, a list of some other folks who were speakers Uh, One of the other comments that I have here Is that it was a recruitment tool for the NOI No doubt that it was Uh, I'm sure that their membership probably increased And, you know, here's the thing for those who believe in whatever else that they believe in, they have and they have and had an opportunity to bring people together as well. And either they didn't or they've done it at some other time in some other way. And it's a recruitment tool for them too. So for those who want to join, that is one of the freedoms that we do sort of have in this country: is to worship how we worship, however we like. I'm trying to go through some more. I want to make sure I try to answer all. Of, And I appreciate the folks that's in the uh, chat room as well. Uh, After 20 years, uh uh-oh, hold on, let me go back.
0: So it says,
3: one of the other comments is, after 20 years, all you have, oh, we got a little background noise, after 20 years, all you have is another march to tell black folks not to shop, they didn't have things in place, so black folks would shop amongst blacks first. Well, I think that the message of shopping with black people first is not a bad message uh because that's how we grow our businesses is when we support our businesses so I'm not sure what what the problem is with that message. And I always say for people who think that something should have been better, I suggest to them to put together something themselves that is better or participate in what is being put on to make it better, Uh, that we learn from what we do and the next time we do it better. You know, we have many organizations, in the black community, whether it's the NOI, whether it's the various Christian-based organizations and churches, the NAACP who have their uh, Freedom Fund banquet tonight in Las Vegas, uh, the Urban League, many of these organizations. And I can say, what I'll say about these organizations, some of them have fallen out of favor, is they're only as good as the people that are in them. And if we want them to be better, then we have to be willing to put our... Link where our mouth is, and our effort and energy, where our mouth is. Otherwise, we have what we have. And maybe the reason why it isn't better is because whoever thinks it should be better isn't putting forth their resources to make it better or enough of it. So if we want it to be better, we have to be the ones to make it better, depending on other people who do it all the time means that we're looking for someone else and if everybody's looking for someone else there's a lot of looking but very little working. All right, what else do we have in the chat room? Okay, and then after that we'll we'll go into some other things.
4: Well
0: what did you what yes, what, what are
4: some of the things that you took away from uh, the march last week, Rodney.
3: What I took away is it's it's a great display of people coming together and seeking something more than what they have. It it tells me that, that our people actually do want more, but just maybe they need some guidance to get that more. And what won't be the more that they're looking for is people condemning them for doing it because they did something. And it was something more than what they were doing. They're trying in what they know how to do. I was telling a group of, I, I was with a bunch of uh, doctor, doctoral students, PhD candidates, and folks in PhD, uh, yesterday evening. And one of them came up to me and was talking about the plight of our people. And I said, well, maybe part of the reason why we're in the situation that we're in is because the people who have the knowledge that could help us be in a better circumstance are here and not sharing that knowledge with the people who need it back in the communities." Now I said, I don't know what any of these or are not doing. I was asked a question, I gave a quick observation, and I gave an answer. Because all too often, we spend time talking about what we don't have or what we're not doing, and, you know, you do have to recognize that and acknowledge it. But I'm going to suggest to folks, let's talk about what we do have because we do have things and how we can expand on what we do have. And in areas that we're lacking, what do we need to do to build up those areas? Uh, You know, Democrats, liberals really want us to be all in on abortion. And that's like a part of their platform almost, right? And they say that if you're not, it's a war against women. And if you say that, no, it's a war against the unborn, that somehow you must be conservative or Republican. I reject those types of labels because I'm a human being and I'm a black man, and I'm for black people. And if I see something that's hurting or damaging black people, I'm going to speak on it. It's like I think Empire, scandal, how to get away with murder. I think those shows are terrible for black people, and I'm going to speak on it. And it doesn't make a difference if Mrs. Obama watches Empire. It's unfortunate that she does, but she's a grown woman, right? But I think it sets a bad example for her, and I was very disappointed. To hear that she watches that show So yes Abortion is Harming us One of Hillary Clinton's One of Hillary Clinton's Idols Role model, Is Margaret Sanger Margaret Sanger And if you don't know who Margaret Sanger is Margaret Sanger Was a eugenicist And she believed in reducing the population and reducing the population of certain groups. Those who were handicapped, those who were mentally impaired, and of course, black people. That's right. And she even worked with the Ku Klux Klan to help reduce and rid this country of the mongrels, black people. Now, this is one of Hillary Clinton's idols. Now, I know as a Black people and as a Democrat I'm not Supposed to say anything negative about Democrats I'm not supposed to say Anything negative About liberals But I'm speaking the truth You can call it Whatever you like as long as you Know it is the truth And this is her hero Now keep in Mind that Hillary Clinton Who had the co-presidency with her Husband Bill Clinton Who is responsible For incarcerating A greater number of black people Since slavery That's right Who has publicly Declared Her role model Her example Is Margaret Sanger Who publicly Acknowledged That abortion in black communities Would help get rid of Black people Now why on earth I want to support a person Whose role model Is Margaret Sanger Who is responsible for That's right, Planned Parenthood No, I'm not against women But I am against Excessive abortion And abortion is birth control And that's right, some people use it as birth control That is why it was created That's why we had Roe versus Wade Do you say it's a health issue? Yes it is a health issue. It's a death issue for the fetus though, isn't it? You know, there was a time in New York City where there were more babies aborted than born, than birth. That's our treasure. That's our potential. Now, maybe we shouldn't create as many in bad situations, and maybe we need to look for quantity over quality, and that's up for us to determine what Quantity, uh, excuse me, quality is. We should look for quality over quantity, but we don't have another group of people. We don't have a continent or a country to draw from. All we have is what we have right here. What we produce, what comes from our loins. And if we want to succeed as a people in this country, we have to create, keep more of us. That's just bottom line. Realities, are simple numbers So I'm glad the minister Mentioned that and it's time for us To start to reject Things that are force Fed to us because of our Particular party affiliation With the democrats If the democrats Were that good for us Wouldn't we be as bad off as we are It's just a question They know what the realities are That's why they're starting to put up less and less black people. Because they don't need us anymore. They need us to vote. But there's other people now that they can get to vote with the immigration reform. not that I'm against it. it's It's how they do it. And they will do it to benefit themselves, not us, if we're not involved with the process. That's the reality. So I'm glad the minister brought that up. And I'm glad that he had it. I didn't attend, but there were people who needed to attend. There were people who were there who got something out of it, who would not have got something any other way. Now, I said this was about reflections and projection. It's what do we project we need. What is our future going to look like? Well, first and foremost, we need to treasure every child. And if you don't want to have a child, then don't create the child. And I know it's not that simple, but we need to start thinking about it. That's a reality. Because it does something to us. When you go into. Obviously, I've not had an abortion. I've only read about it and talked to people who had it. And they've said it did something to them after they had that abortion. It affected them mentally. Some people it affected physically. Some people. It affected physically and mentally. We don't need any more mental troubles in our community. So that was what he talked about it, of abortion. See, I'm not afraid to talk about abortion anymore. I know there will be some feminists and some women's groups who will no longer listen to me. I can imagine there may even be some Facebook and Twitter posts. Saying that Rodney has a war against women Or Rodney's conservative Rodney's Republican Well maybe there are some things I'm conservative in But that's okay And maybe there's some things That you're conservative in Maybe not That's okay as well But I'm talking about what's good for my people And that's neither liberal Or conservative Republican or Democrat It is what's good for our people Three four seven eight two six nine six zero zero three four seven eight two six ninety six hundred. You're listening to Our Own Voices Live, and what we're talking about today is the Million Man March reflections and projections, and also the first 2016 Democratic presidential debate. You know, I wanted to talk about the Million Man March because I wanted to segue into the, pre- the presidential debates because I thought they were linked. Because one is talking about empowering us. And the other is talking about a mechanism that leads to that power, which in this case is politics. Now, obviously, the president may not necessarily have something to do with your day-to-day life. We're often told that it's your local officials, your city council, your county commission, your state assembly and senate, your mayors, your governors, and your, your school board trustees. And they do definitely impact us. And we need to be involved with all of those. But, of course, we know that, like the World Series, the presidential race is the big one. That's why it gathers all the audience and all the attention, right? Well, in Las Vegas, a fairly small city with a fairly small black population, we had five white candidates representing the Democratic Party and most black people come to our city to debate. And one of the questions that I asked folks, Before and then afterwards Is what did they say That impacted black people Pro or con And other than the one question About Black Lives Matter What else Affects black people What did they say that touched us What did they say that meant They were even thinking about us These are Democrats right And then the next question I asked is did they come to any black community, black organization? Now, someone on Facebook from the LGBTQQPI movement said that, oh, well, Hillary came, I said, well, did she come this time or was that a previous time? And it was a previous time. I said, well, how about this time, though? She's here now. She's going to meet with somebody. Is she going to meet with us? And the reason why that was important to me is because the talking head said that Hillary Clinton had the black vote locked up in Nevada, as well as South Carolina, which is the fourth state that'll have their primary for the Republicans. And I thought oh well actually for all of them and I thought why would she have our vote locked up? What does she do? What does she promise? What does she say? Where we should be willing to give her our vote so it's Andrew, early too. so you.
4: early, so early I mean to to say that she has the black vote in Nevada lockdown, and I mean, this is super early even even for the most politically engaged, this is very early in the process
3: and and I just kept thinking, but what did she
0: do to? In 2010,
4: 2010, the LGBTQ community sent the Obama administration a 53-page agenda. He responded to that agenda in kind immediately. As we all see, gay marriage is now the law of the land and many other things that They campaigned for and withheld their checks at the same time when they had their, you know, before, like now, good time for us to hit them with our 55-page, 100,000-page agenda. I mean, what's killing me with this is that, you know, so many other groups are using the black playbook. And we won't, we won't, we won't use our own playbook, and others are, and benefiting.
0: So,
3: we have these folks who are saying they want our vote. Actually, they didn't ask for our vote. The Hillary Clinton didn't I'll ask for vote. I don't
4: recall anybody actually asking for our vote. Just you know, just writing us down. Uh, over fifty for the for the debate for the folks listening over fifty percent of the democratic party's membership is african American. How dare they not address us? I don't count the black lives matter question simply because that wasn't something that the narrator that the that the moderator anderson cooper uh came up with or either of the reporters there that were asking questions. That wasn't something that they put out there. That wasn't something that either candidate put out there. That was something coming from a young black man via Facebook. So for me, it was never brought up from the folks that should have been. With, with, with over 50% of your membership being African American, uh, how how could you not address us immediately? And that's that's one on business one on one, isn't it, to address your 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 largest customer base? And you know this is a business.
3: So then it comes down to. The fact that we are arbitrarily, or at least this, the news media, because it's just because they say it doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. All too often it is true, though, in this particular case. But let's say that she does have our vote locked down because that's what we normally do, right, because we can't vote for the terrible Republican. But, again, if you look at the record, just the record, if you took party away, would her record be any better for us than anybody else's record? That's the reality. Uh, her supporting Margaret Sanger is more than enough for me to not want to give her my support. I'm not saying I don't know who I'm voting for, but I can tell you that does not make me want to vote for her, someone that comes out right off the bat and says she wants to destroy my people. And let's keep in mind that some of the the playbook that the eugenicist movement used here for black people is the same playbook that was used in California. And the same playbook that the Nazis used on the Jews That's right, the Jewish Holocaust Actually was based on the eugenics program Here in North America So I'm supposed to give my vote to a person that says That their hero Is Margaret Sanger I can't do it And I don't think we should do it And I think we should tell who we're giving our vote to versus the white media who didn't cover the Million Man March because it was black people being peaceful, right? It wasn't right. worthy to be covered. Now, if you let somebody go out there and, as my grandmother say, act a fool, they'll be right there, won't they? It would
4: have been all over everything, international news.
3: So, if TV1 is owned by black people, then we should support TV1. If it's not owned enough by black people, then maybe black people should buy stock in it and force it to be owned totally by black people. There are mechanisms out here to make this system work for us if we work the system. But as long as we talk about what we can't do and what isn't, then that's what we'll do. We'll talk about what isn't and we'll do no more. This is up to us. I think that's one of the biggest messages that I got is this is we are where we are because our backs are still bent. Dr. King says a man can't ride your back unless it's bent, So maybe it's time for us to stand up, for us to straighten up. We can talk about what others may be doing, but maybe they actually aren't doing it. Maybe they used to. I'd say the Klan can go on vacation any day of the week. And the plight of African Americans really won't change too much because it is what we do to keep ourselves back, so let's talk about what we can do to advance us and let's implement those things that will propel us forward the uh at the gathering yesterday, uh one of Bernie Sanders' people came over and and chatted with him, and I was happy that they did. Because somebody's paying us attention. Now, does that mean that Bernie Sanders automatically gets the vote? No. It's Bernie Sanders, what are you thinking about the black people? And then for us black people, Bernie Sanders, this is what we want. I ask any of you who are listening to the show can, if whether it's the president, the governor, the city councilman, the billionaire, Whoever's in a position, all of Congress, whoever's in a position to grant you what you and your community need right now, do you know who they are? And if they said, tell me the thing, could you tell them specifically what the thing is? Or would you say, well, we need jobs? Well, think about this for a minute. If you believe that there are certain groups that's holding you back, right, then why should they give you a job? But yet you're going to go ask them for a job. Yet you don't participate in the political system. Right? You choose to go out and buy the same thing from a business that's not like you than supporting a business that is like you. You chose to do that. So that business is not able to hire Oh, that's right, you're unemployed, you need a job, but you're mad so the black business will hire you. But you don't shop at the black business. So the black right. business can expand. See, this is what I'm talking about. These are the things where we can do better. And we have to think about what is it that we can do because that they have proven what they will do and what they won't do, and look where we are. So now it comes down to what will we do. Brother Lee Vaughn is on his way to Tulsa, Oklahoma, the Black Wall Street now to see what they did and to learn from it. And hopefully he'll bring that report back to us. You know, I see there's a lot of action in the chat room. I appreciate it. Thank you, uh, for sharing your thoughts, your your ideas, your concerns, your hopes and aspirations. Uh to show is about differences, but it's also about us empowering ourselves and then improving ourselves. And I would ask all of you that are in the chat room whatever your comments may be, whichever side that you take, if there is such a thing as a side in this, I believe we're all in it together. Do your comments and do your reflect action? By you Not by others But actions by you Because it's hard to control others But hopefully most of us Can't control ourselves Please go to our own voices live On Facebook and post Whatever comments that you may have About today's show or today's topic We talked about The 20th anniversary of the Million Man March we delved a little bit into the first presidential the Democratic presidential debate and what did it mean for black people. Specifically, what did it mean for black people? Angela said Black Lives Matter didn't really count because that came from somebody I think it was on in social media. That didn't come from the moderator nor was it mentioned by a panelist. Now Hillary Clinton figured out a way to mention Something that would talk about her being the first woman She somehow managed to bring in Planned Parenthood Now this woman brought in Planned Parenthood When we know that that's a scourge on our community Now people will say, well Planned Parenthood does other things besides abortion Okay, keep everything in our community except that How about that? The government, fund everything except that and if they're doing it, stop funding them. Find other resources and me. I realize that oftentimes that might be the only place in our community for our people to turn. And you're talking about setup. That's a setup right there. Yeah, we're gonna you can have a place, but it's gonna be a slaughterhouse. That's what you get. We need to demand more
4: and And no one has really addressed The fact that they're building An industry now On Processing And Profiting from The fetuses From your procedure So they're going to capitalize On black bodies still in the name of science and commerce Stuff to think about
3: You know that that's a good point Now they did say that they would no longer Use something associated with the government To do this They didn't say they were going to stop doing it They just said they were going to stop doing some type of funding mechanism That allowed them to do this And, and you know that's good But a lot of that Was black babies Because 30% of all abortions done in the, in this country are black babies. Black women account for thirty percent of all abortions. Now mind you we're about twelve percent of the population. So roughly we have abortion at two and a half uh times the rate of others for our population, right? Well that's that's great. And if you think about a large metropolitan area like New York City with a very large number of black people, when sixty percent of their uh, pregnancies end in abortion, there's you know we have to talk about. It. Are there health-related issues that cause this, or is this selective reasons that cause this? What percentage of both? We have to delve into it, and we cannot say because our men. Or anyone else is talking about it They're doing it because they're against women I'm for my people How about that? That's men, women, and babies You've been listening to Our Own Voices Live Our topic today has been The reflection and projections Of the 20th anniversary of the Million Man March Justice or else And they talked about the or else part I had some issues with the oil. They explained that. I would have preferred that not have been in the title, but that's what they chose. <laughs> uh, and then we talked about the first Democratic presidential campaign uh, debate in 2016, and that was held right here in Las Vegas. What did it mean for Black people? Here's another question: is What should we make it mean for us? And what should we make the next one mean for us? And let's come up with what we want and tell them instead of them telling us. And let nobody assume that our vote is locked down simply because they are a Democrat. Just because you are a Democrat does not mean you are for black people. Black people, just because a person is a Democrat does that does not mean they are for black people. Just because a person is Republican does not mean they are against black people. doesn't mean they're for them either. I'd say look at all of them as doing nothing for us without us doing what Frederick Douglass said. It said, power cedes to no man. And if you want it, you have to go out there and be willing to sacrifice, to put forth an effort to work towards it. What sacrifice and effort are we willing to put forth to help bring about the achievement of the things that we need? That's the question. You have the answer. Angela,
1: that pretty much does it for the show today.
4: Very nice. Well, it's been a plum, pleasing pleasure. I'm going to go collect the rest of my voice wherever it is and You know, I want everybody to make it a great week.
3: Well, thank you for sacrificing to be with us (laughs) today. And I know that it is. I I had a a gum infection earlier, and it's let me know that it is not gone all the way. So I'm going to go and take my antibiotics and my pain meds. Thank you all for listening. hope you'll come back next week. If it's Saturday, it's our own voices. Our own voices comes here every Saturday at twelve thirty p.m. on the West Coast. Three
4: thirty out east.
3: Happy Sweetest Day, everybody! This. To all uh, the lovers right. out
4: there, Happy Sweetest Day.
3: For those of you in the Midwest, you are talking about the Indiana, Chicago, Chicago. Uh, Detroit. You know those areas. Uh, happy. Some people call it sweetness day. Some people call it sweeter day. Whatever it is, enjoy it and share it Some with of that us call it an extra life.
4: gift day. Send me some flowers <laughs> day.
3: <laughs> hey, here's happy sweeter day, everybody. Find a black establishment that you can purchase something to give to that sweet person in your life. Let that, because that will make it that much sweeter for them. How about that? Point Angela. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. And go to Our Own Voices live on Facebook and Our Own Voices on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: With
2: Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are
3: gathered here today to... Has anyone seen The Bride and Groom?